and welcome to 30 Days of Terror. Ter- ter- what was that? Sorry? Yeah, 30 Days of Terror. Day 16. It's starting to fall apart now, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> How you do? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. Are you taking your top off? Yep. The strong look? Standard recording. I think you Practice. are. I think you actually are the dad from Friday Night Dinners. Uh, I'm starting to think that might be. Yeah. The, the amount of time you spend with your top off complaining about how hot it is, is like... <laughs> I'm never complaining about it being too hot. Yes, you do. Not that proper complaining. Not to the point where I'd not want it to be hot. Okay, fair enough. You do enjoy the yeah. heat. But you do comment on the fact that it's hot yeah. quite regularly. And it's an excuse to get my clothes off. <laughs> I've got three stories for you today. Are you ready? Never ready, yeah. Story number one comes from Marcel. When I was little, I grew up in a small town in the Netherlands. There, I lived with my parents and two big brothers in a freestanding house. My brothers were 10 and 12 years older than me and didn't live in the house itself, but in a freestanding building next to it, which used to be an office. We also had a dog and two cats. And sometimes more than two cats. I was just 10 when I heard it. My parents were playing bridge and my brothers were out or in their own room. So I was sort of alone in the house with the dog. The cats could leave the house freely, but they also really didn't care. Late in the evening I heard footsteps in the hall. Very clearly. I thought my parents had come home, but one look at the alarm clock told me that it was way too early. I'm pretty good at recognising people by their footsteps, so I knew it wasn't my brothers. The steps were too heavy. Quietly I got out of bed and almost crawled to the stairs to check out who it was. When I looked down, I saw no one. Including no dog. Which was strange, because he always slept in his basket in the hallway. When I went searching for him, I found him hidden in the living room. The next day I told my parents about the steps. My father dismissed it as me dreaming. But my mom, who in the past didn't join my dad and stayed at home, had said that she had also heard them and that in the evening the dog always stayed close with her, as if he was scared of something. Over the years living in the house, I heard the steps several times and I tried to see what it was but I never saw anything. When I was 16 we moved house and in the new house there was nothing. It was quiet and peaceful except for the living. Then several years ago my mom died and several weird things happened. At the time she passed away my niece who was two or three got up in her bed and started waving at a corner saying bye grandma bye bye. Around the same time my nephew at the other side of town who wasn't even one woke up and started laughing and making happy sounds as if someone was playing with him. My mom was a believer and a jokester. When she was alive, she loved flowers. She had a dozen vases for all the bouquets that she got. When family came with bouquets after she passed away, we couldn't find a single vase in the house. We really looked everywhere. We turned the house upside down and we couldn't find them. Several weeks ago, my dad passed away. And guess what we found? Oh, the vases. I mean, I presume so, yeah. Yeah, amazing. 
First of all, I'm sorry for your loss because that is yeah. that is tough going. Yeah, tough, tough going. But also, love the fact that your man was a jokester. Yeah. We love a good prankster. Yeah, that's, 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 that is cool. And the fact that she's hanging out with her grandkids as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. The first one, first story, not so much. Yeah, those footsteps. And scaring the dog. Anything that scares a dog is probably not a good thing. No, definitely not a good thing. Nope, not having that. And I, I don't know if I'd enjoy the validation or hate the validation of her mum saying, no, no, when when I'm here on my own, I hear too, and the dog won't leave my side. I think I'd just be like, well, that's a whole lot of nope, and I'd prefer if you said no. No, you wouldn't. No, I really wouldn't. You hate people believe, not believing you. Yeah, that's true. So you'd love that validation. I would love that validation. But the validation would also scare me. It would. That's but, what I mean. But at least you wouldn't have that scenario of people not believing you. Very true. Very true. So our second story today comes from Rachel. First, I'll start with when I was around five or so. Let's face it, nobody remembers things so vividly when they were this young. My dad would always tuck me into bed on a tiny twin mattress, say goodnight and close the door with just a crack open. We lived in Glendale, Arizona in the USA in a tiny apartment with my family of six. I don't have any memories of this apartment other than this paranormal experience. When my dad would say goodnight, I would eventually fall asleep and have the exact same dream nearly every night. I would start with a fuzzy feeling in my legs, as if my legs were asleep and going back to normal, or if bugs were crawling up my legs. I was extremely aware of my surroundings and felt present in the room but could not move only look down or move my head. Whenever I would look down, the feeling of the bugs crawling up my legs starting at my feet would then turn into hands. I would look down and see all white creatures crouching down on top of me with almost long legs and arms holding down my legs. The creature was very misty and you could almost see through it. It wasn't ever that clear to see details, but I could make out the shape of the creature because of the light that would come in from the crack in the doorway that my dad would leave open for me. I could almost tell it was female, with hair that was also very misty. As it was holding down my legs, I could feel it trying to pull me down and out of my bed like it wanted to take me wherever it was going, but it just could never successfully get me out. Before I ever hit the ground, or got more than just my legs off the bed, I would wake up, and be halfway off the bed and the creature would be gone. I would be covered in sweat from the stress, heart racing, tears down my face, and I know I was not dreaming. Everything in the room felt as if it was real and just happened to be that I could move again. I never felt like I was just dreaming. Honestly, how can a five-year-old who has never seen scary movies yet think of something so hideous? I never sleptwalked, And this exact same thing would happen almost every night until we moved out of that apartment into our townhouse that I grew up in. So I don't think it was just my kid imagination. Now that we were living in a new home that is bigger and better, I'm going to tell you about the experiences that I had there. First, I would like to explain that I grew up in a very verbally abusive home on a lot of occasions. My dad has PTSD from when he served and from his own childhood. He was an alcoholic. My mother and him would always be yelling and just bad energy all around 
which I do believe brings negative spirits into a home. There were a few different spirits in our home that I feel would come and go. I didn't feel like they all lived there with us. Our home was not that old and we do not know of anyone who has died there either. One of the spirits I felt was male. He would mock my father throughout my home all the time. I would honestly think these little things were my dad doing them, but he would not be home as he worked a lot. Once I was reading a book alone in my room with the light on and my door open. The rest of the house was pitch black since I was home alone. The hallway was right outside of my door. I would constantly hear my dad's feet dragging up and down the hall, which he would do when he would be very drunk and acting annoying, but he was not home. Or he would have been asleep by 8pm, since he worked very early. I would also hear his work boots walking up and down the hallway as if he just got home from work. He was a welder. But once again, he'd be asleep. Or not home. And why would he be wearing his work boots in the late hours of the night? One other day I was reading again. But this time my mom was home and in the kitchen. I had my door shut and I was sitting upright on my bed. To my right... I have a long floor-length window that leads to a tiny garden surrounded by walls of the house, so the only way you can go out there is through the room. I never went out there, as it was of no interest to me. It was always shut and the blinds were always closed. I never paid any attention to it. When I was reading my book, I heard a bang on the window, and the blinds rattled as if someone had just hit the window from the inside. I just sat there frozen, watching the blinds rattle and eventually stop. Once it stopped, I ignored it and just continued to read. I felt that if I ignored it, it would stop and leave me alone. So I was reading again, and then suddenly it was very cold around me. Keep in mind, I do have the AC on since it is summer, and saying it's hot in Arizona is an understatement. But it wasn't the normal feeling of when the AC turns on. The feeling was only around me and on my left side. And then I felt it. A cold hand was placed on my left shoulder and moved down my arm until my elbow. I just froze again. It went away after that. So I just went into the kitchen to be with my mom. Although the stories that I just told you are frightening, this story scares me to my core. And you can believe me or not, but I did have a witness. So at this point in my life, I'm about 15 years old. I was sharing a room with my eldest sister who moved back in some time ago. We had two twin beds that were separated by a small dresser. That night we were both sleeping And at around 3 or 4 a.m., I was having a very horrific dream that quickly turned into reality. I dreamt that an extremely tall, eight-foot shadow man was at the end of my bed. It was bending over to place its hands around my neck. I could not move. I was paralyzed. I could feel physical hands around my throat choking me. Eventually, I was able to just wiggle my legs and squirm in agony. I was able to start moving my right arm and got the strength to reach out to my sister on her bed, still not being able to breathe, but I could hear myself moaning and trying to call out for her. Once I felt myself waking up more and getting more strength, 
I was able to make louder noises and try and hit her bed with my one arm trying to reach out. She woke up, confused and startled. Once she woke up, the demon was gone and I was more alert and able to move. I told my sister that something was just choking me and she calmly just started to hold my hand that was reaching out to her and started to pray. Keep in mind we are not religious at all and never prayed unless it was Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner. It was odd to hear anything religious but we prayed and she held my hand until we both fell back asleep. What really terrified me was that the next day we were both home alone and in the kitchen about to have breakfast. She asked me what had happened last night and I explained to her my dream and that it did not feel like a dream at all. She then told me that it wasn't a dream. I asked her, well, why do you think that? And she said, because I saw the giant man standing over you as soon as I woke up and turned to look in your direction. She then explained to me that she saw him standing at the end of my bed and quickly turned into a black ball of mist that shot upward into the ceiling in the corner of my side of the room. She said that is when she quickly closed her eyes and started to pray. I was absolutely shocked. We both explained it to be a very tall man-like thing standing there that was darker than the darkness because obviously we were sleeping at first and there were no lights on in the house. But you know how once your eyes adjust in the darkness, you can still sense and see darker shapes around you. You could clearly see this figure. To this day, it is the scariest story I have because of the physical feeling I got that it was actually going to do me real harm. The last story is shorter and more recent. This story takes place around two years ago. At this point, I was 24 and living in LA with my boyfriend in an apartment. It was about 3am and we were both sleeping. Keep in mind, this apartment never felt scary or strange. And it could most definitely be because I no longer live with bad energy like when my parents were together and living with me. So I felt that spirits don't hang around me as much anymore. But this time we were sleeping. I was dreaming, but I felt like I was having an out-of-body experience. I was in my current room and in bed, exactly the way that I was in real life. It was almost like I can see myself sleeping and have a full view of my room. I see my boyfriend sound asleep next to me. Yes, it was dark, but we had a balcony that we kept open so the street light and the moonlight would come inside and I was able to see. Then I saw that the closet door to my right was open. It's one of those closets where you slide either side to open it. As I'm laying in bed and looking towards the closet, I see myself standing there, looking straight into the closet. It was like I was astral projecting. Inside the closet was pitch black and I physically could not see anything but I felt that there was a demon on the top shelf sitting in a frog-like position trying to trick me into going inside the closet with him. It was like he was showing me this vision inside my head since it was physically too dark to see anything in the closet. He kept telling me to come with him. I would tell him no, yelling at him and telling him to leave this home and he is not welcome here and he kept trying to pull me in. I was screaming 
You're not welcome here. Leave. Why do you want me? I'm not going with you. He then just slowly backed away into the closet and was gone. It was like my feet were stuck, planted on the ground right before the closet door while I was yelling at him. I'm still scarred from the thought that it was here in my current room and wanting me to go with him. After it happened, I was then back into my regular body and able to move and see that there was nothing in the room. I was too scared to walk past the closet and go into the bathroom to pee as I normally did, so I just held it the entire night and tried to force myself to sleep by burying my face into my boyfriend's back. Since then I have not seen this demon, but I often still wonder what would have happened to me if I went inside the closet and followed him. Ooh, I don't want to follow no demon into a closet, especially one that sits like a frog. Yeah, I don't. I don't need any frog demons in my no. closet. No, no, no thank no. you. I think the uh, the most terrifying story that Rachel told was the one with her sister, where she was dreaming about the man standing over her bed, and then the sister woke up and saw the man standing over. Because I was thinking oh. when I was going through that story, I was like, "Oh, sleep paralysis." Most likely. And then her yeah. sister was like, oh, I opened my eyes and saw the man standing over your bed. What the fuck? And then it, but then it went into a mist and went up into the ceiling. Yeah. I'd be praying as well. I, I Yeah. God or no God. <laughs> I'd be like, right, give it to me. I'm not taking any chances. And then I'd burn the place to the ground. Standard. And our last story today comes from Gemma. So there's someone that lives in my house. His name is Ron. I used to feel rude that I didn't know his name, him being a housemate and all. So we called him Ron. As in, see you later on. Or, I saw him earlier on. Ron appears to be courteous and not much of a nuisance. Ron seems to be an okay guy. Apart from the fact that Ron is no longer with us. When we first moved in, I used to feel like someone was watching me. I wondered if it was my paranoia, as my husband is in the military and works away a lot. Then I was washing up one night, and someone touched my head. No one was in, and it was one of those things where you don't care what anyone's explanation is, you know that somebody stroked your hair. I used to see Ron in the corner of the kitchen. He wears a hat. And I'm now shitting myself that Ron is actually Hatman, but I'm pretty sure he isn't. He would just be standing watching us and I could see him in my peripherals. Our little dog Frank sees him too and often sits and looks at him in the kitchen with a slightly confused look on his face. When I feel stressed or worried, Ron gets a little closer. I can't say that this doesn't make me feel slightly uneasy, but he's behaved himself up until now. I have spoken to a medium and she asked why I thought he meant any harm. She felt that he was trying to help. Cheers for that, Ron. One morning, my husband was in the shower. I heard him come down the stairs. I saw him walk past the front room and into the garden. The keys were swinging in the door as I walked after him to ask him what he was doing. I got outside and my husband was nowhere to be seen. However, I could clearly hear him. Still in the shower upstairs. Now this one wasn't Ron, but another time I was reading in bed one night when a teenage boy ran straight past me, dressed in green trousers and a green t-shirt. I always laugh at this when you guys reference the Victorian ghost child, as this couldn't have been more opposite. I love a good horror, 
and like to believe that we don't go too far when we pass away. So I will always try and rationalise everything that's happened, as I'm sure my imagination is probably a little overactive at times. However, there's been a lot of things happen that there's no real rational explanation for. I'm not the only one who has seen him. All accounts are the same, even if I haven't spoken about him. Anyway, Ron, if you're listening, if you keep behaving, you're welcome to stay. Yeah, he seems okay so far. I'm not down with um, unsolicited touching. In general. In general. We don't we don't agree with that on this no. podcast. Um, particularly from ghosts as well. And I also feel like he's trying to help he's trying to help in the way that I try to help, which sometimes makes things a little bit worse. In that Gemma's feeling uneasy and unsure. So to help her feel better, he gets closer to her and reminds yeah. her that there's a ghost. And he gets closer to her and she's like, Oh my god, get out of my face, Ron. Yeah. And I like the the dog sees it and is just kind of like, huh? Like quizzical, that's the noise I imagine the dog makes. I have to say, this story, I I read it and thought, hang on, have we read this before? But we haven't. It no. was a similar similar kind of story. Do you remember the story with the phone call where the friend was like, oh yeah, that was just Ron. Ron lives in the house. Oh yes. Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah, Ooh. so I was thinking, God, Ron sounds really familiar. And I went back and checked and I was like, Ron is the name of another ghost. It's obviously a popular name. No, I've got a theory for you that might blow your mind. Oh, go on. So you know that vine? What if that's actually recorded by Ron? Real nice Ron. Yeah, and it's actually Rachel. Oh. They've moved on to actually doing vines together like some sort of sitcom. Yeah, yeah. And I've also got that story's also given me my band... Excuse me while I just hit puberty. That... um. That story's also given me my band name, um, which is going to be Localised Ghosts. It's going to be my band name. During the course of this podcast in the last almost two years, you have come up with so many band names. I think this is the only one I've committed to the air though, isn't it? Uh, no, you've said it many a time. Oh, well. That would be a great band name. And uh, where are all these bands? Well, I'm just, I'm, to be honest, I'm giving them out for free. I'm like band band name generator on the internet, except you have to listen to all of our episodes to work out which band name you're going with. So that one's another freebie if you're looking for a band name, Localised Ghosts. I quite like it. So if you enjoyed today's episode and you did indeed find your band name, congratulations. You now owe Dan royalties for every bit of fame that you get. No, no, it's a freebie. You can find us on our website, which is www.reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. There you can find links to our merchandise. You can find links to all of our social medias. You can find the email address to send your own personal ghost story to. You can find the link to our Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories, where for $5 or $2 a month, you get access to heaps and heaps and heaps of extra content. And on that note, we shall see you tomorrow. Bye.